Well, actually, it's brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals, with prices up to 60% off. And here's something fun. If you want to watch Pitbull, as in the fighter Tiago Alves, they have tickets for this Saturday's UFC on ESPN7. But if you want to watch the other Pitbull, as in the rapper, singer, Mr. Worldwide, they have tickets for his concert too. If that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what to tell you. In any case, your chosen Pitbull is just two taps away. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Well, Actually, the Athletic MMA's podcast about MMA and other stuff. And today, I must warn you, it's mostly other stuff. I'm actually not going to get too far into here uh, on the intro. I'm just going to say that today's episode is about women and about looks specifically. And I'm sure you've put two and two together already. It's about how often the conversations about women end up being framed by how we look. Whether these women are out there publishing books, starring in movies, or putting their bodies and minds through the incredible stress of training to fight other high-level athletes in a small fenced area, we just cannot seem to escape it. I'm going to talk about why that fucking sucks. And while that's not exactly a controversial, groundbreaking, or unique stance, the thing about the internet is that I often read things that remind me that the obvious isn't really that obvious. That for the few textbook trolls and proud Twitter agitators out there, there are many more people saying things that aren't as blatantly offensive or downright gross, but that are harmful nonetheless. I know, kind of abstract, but bear with me here and it will all make sense. I mean, hopefully, maybe. Look, I don't know. We're all just trying our best here. But best case scenario, we all learn something. In worst-case scenario, my babbling distracted you from the knowledge that we're all just decaying matter, wandering aimlessly around this doomed planet. It's a win-win, really. Okay, so there is some art to picking your pinned tweet, right? It is, after all, kind of your social media business card. It's got to be able to convey who you are, kind of tell people what they can expect by following you, and of course, it's a work tool. For us media people, for instance, it often has a link to content that we're proud of. There are multiple approaches to it, of course. Right now, I'm not particularly happy with mine, but I got the memo two weeks ago, and apparently after you become a podcaster, you have to make like at least 40% of your personality all about that. So my tweet is now a lame, self-promoting podcast link, which, in fairness, does include a swear word that I feel really ties the whole thing together. You know, really makes it my own. For a couple of years, though, I felt like I had found my tweet. It said what I was about. It told people that MMA wasn't all they were going to get from me. And it was a fair warning to assholes that their sexist bullshit was going to get called the fuck out. It's two quotes. Here's what it says. Us, colon, hey, here's this entire story about this actual living person who fights other people inside a cage and has real thoughts and feelings and opinions and emotions and also happens to be a woman. Comment, colon, too much makeup. 
yeah, that was the tweet. I, it looks better in writing, maybe. I don't know. But I know you're smart enough to figure this out. You are, after all, choosing to spend some of your precious minutes that you have in this one fleeting lifetime to listen to me, a scholar. But for the sake of argument, what I wanted to convey was a sad reality of covering women's sports. That no matter how we frame it, no matter how much work we put into telling a story, and of course, how big the accomplishments are in those stories, it often comes down to that. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it for yourselves. Things are, are changing, and I am weirdly optimistic about how far we've come in certain public conversations, but it's still very much there. You can just do the experiment for yourself. Just randomly pick a YouTube comment section or a live streaming of morning weigh-ins, and you see what I'm talking about. I don't think I'm saying anything too controversial here. As women, and I've touched on this here before, we grow up kind of getting the same message. That our looks not only matter, but that they are key to our personal and professional success. And no matter how much of said success we end up getting, it seems like it never really, this idea, it never really goes away. It never ceases to be, if not the only, at least one of the very first things that people will point out. And while you could reasonably make the argument that the world is just shallow, that aesthetic pressure is, is not a gender-specific problem, here's the thing about how it operates in the lives of women. Fitting within some narrow and arbitrary standard is not just a boost, a desired attribute, something that can help us achieve things. It's closer to a prerequisite. It's not a quote-unquote bonus or a part of our identity. A lot of the time, it still feels like it's supposed to be the very core of our identity. It is the framework through which people see us, and I don't mean that in just the literal sense of the word. Again, I feel like this is obvious, but it doesn't hurt reiterating. I'm not saying men don't suffer societal pressure or that conventional good looks aren't valued in them as well. I'm not saying that they don't struggle with self-image issues and that they're not subjective to oppressive and toxic discourse. They are. We all are. But I like to think that those of you who choose to listen to me are not blind to our reality and its many imbalances. And as I've said multiple times... I'm not a sociologist or an expert in human behavior. I'm just a writer who's also a woman, and I can speak from what I know and from what I live. Now, back to my formerly pinned tweet. As expected, there were some interesting replies to it. They're from years ago. Well, not years. I think it was up two years ago. But yeah, they're from internet years ago. <laughs> and I'm not even going to use names or anything. I don't want this to be about, oh, this guy sucks. Although... The author of this next reply does indeed suck. Here's what this winner had to say. What's very true though, T-H-L. I wonder what he's doing with all the spare time he has now that he didn't spell out the whole word. Don't go on about the girls like that when every one of them raised their profiles on Instagram by wearing as little as possible in an attempt to have men add themselves as followers. The heavy makeup is just another way to do this and rightly be mocked for it. I'd like to get your attention to the use of when every one of them, every one of us, he's seen all the women. Oh, sorry. He uses the term girl because of course he does. At least it's not femoid like I got the other day. But point is, yes, he's seen all the girls and they all do that. And they do that only to get men as followers, of course, not because here's a crazy thought they feel like doing it or because maybe they spent their entire lives thinking their bodies were wrong and are now learning to explore and embrace them in a public forum. 
Not because, who knows? They know that there are other women out there who struggle with their own image and can benefit from seeing similar bodies online. Not because, here's a crazy thought, they work hard on their abs and they're proud of their abs and they want to celebrate those abs by putting pictures of them online. Not because some of them have made actual businesses out of their social medias. And sometimes that involves representing I don't know, bikini and fitness brands. And certainly not because for a lot of them, and I will include myself in this group, this is one small way in which we can control the narrative of bodies that have been policed, shamed, taken advantage of, or profited over during our entire lives. Nope, we just want men to follow us. If we get really lucky, we'll have some of them creeping into our DMs, sending up pictures of their penises, or saying they love our tits, or just asking for pictures of our feet. And yes, that is a very real thing. Just Google wiki feet, and don't say I didn't warn you. And don't get me started on the makeup part of this dude's tweet, or better yet, the wild concept of heavy makeup, because... This really is key here, right? We need to wear enough makeup to have our cheeks just pink enough, our lashes just plump enough, our lips just inviting and seductive enough. We have to conceal pimples and bags under our eyes, of course, because nobody wants to see that, but it can't be heavy. I mean, obviously. You can't be able to tell we spend so much of our money and time and mental freaking sanity fussing over our faces. It would just ruin the entire experience, of course. But that, I guess that was a downright dumb tweet that I think most people will be quick to dismiss as ridiculous and misogynistic. Like the guy didn't even have a profile picture and you go into his account and all he does is reply negatively to people. So this is clearly not somebody we should be too preoccupied with paying attention to. There was another reply, however, that I thought was more symbolic. It's a few months old, and I wanted to respond at the time, but I didn't because I just felt like Twitter wasn't the right avenue for it, and now I'm kind of glad I didn't because I have to come up with new shit to talk about every week, and frankly, I'm running all out of ideas, but this one came from a man who did have an avatar and who happens to be a male fighter. Now, a little bit of context. He didn't reply directly to the tweet that I mentioned, my tweet. Uh, some other guy had responded saying, quote, I mean, look. Is it the ideal response? No, but it could be worse. The shit people say about cyborg is horrible. End of quote. To which I responded that of course it could be worse, but that it all boiled down to the same thing, which was female fighters be being judged by their appearance. Now, the response I want to highlight, which was blatantly offensive, but it contained a much more subtle and in my opinion, insidious view of how looks-driven marketing impacts the lives of women and this guy who replied in his own profession, quote, you can't really hate on female fighters being judged upon appearance. A lot of female fighters market themselves based on appearance. They get paid a lot of money because of this strategy. Sex sells, especially upon a male-dominated fan base. <sighs> well, I guess he's not coming out and saying nasty shit or making grand judgments about women like her incel friend from before, but he is trying to rebuff my argument, which, by the way, wasn't an argument as much as a commentary on something I had witnessed myself. But yeah, he felt inclined to counter it with what he presented as a, fake, a statement of fact and reality. I, my argument is that it really wasn't. Let's go over the wording here. A lot of female fighters market themselves based on appearance. 
they get paid a lot of money because of this strategy. Now, there are a few layers to that, but let's start with where are all these female fighters making all this money based on their appearance? Because from where I'm standing, what has historically happened is that a very limited number of fighters who fit within a certain ideal have been handpicked by promotions and have, yes, sometimes been given bad opportunities. But who truly benefits from these opportunities? I mean, first off, they often happen over other female fighters and not their male counterparts. These opportunities and platforms are often given by promotions who have some interest in it. And who stand to make profit out of it? Where are all these lots of money being made by all of these female fighters cashing in on their looks? And for all of these women, how many others have failed to get opportunities, have been denied chances, simply because they couldn't be marketed the easy, obvious way that people usually find to market women? Because God forbid that their personalities, their life stories, their sense of humor, their skills are the things that we focus on. So you can't really hate on female fighters being judged upon appearance, he says. To which I say, yes, you can. I'm doing it right now because it sucks. It obviously sucks for all the many, many, many women who fall outside the spectrum of quote-unquote marketable beauty. But it hurts the women who are within it too. Beauty, it turns out, is one very volatile asset. And being objectified is not as lucrative or nearly as much fun as some guys seem to think. I'm going to use an example now that I have used before in a bonus episode about some bullshit I had heard that week. No, seriously, that was the title of the episode, Bullshit We Heard This Week. I was talking about Mackenzie Dern, who'd said then that her pregnancy announcement cost her a lot of followers. But I introduced another example that... As far as the general public is concerned, I think fits really well within this general idea of a female fighter whose professional success has at least partially benefited from how she looks. I'm talking about Paige Van Zandt. It is public knowledge that Van Zandt has one fight left on her UFC contract, and that fight has been reportedly set for March in Brazil against Brazilian Amanda Hibas. Vincent has talked about wanting to become a free agent afterward because she wants basically to be given what she believes she's worth. She wants a raise. Talking about that with Ariel Hawani weeks ago, Vincent said, and that's a quote, with endorsements, I make way more money sitting at home posting pictures on Instagram than I do fighting. I'd also mentioned this particular quote before because it pissed some people way off. There was a lot of support actually for her cause, which was cool and something I find super encouraging about the way that we're having these conversations now versus, I don't know, five years ago. But of course, there were all those other comments about her only being famous because she's quote unquote hot and stuff like being cute won't make you more money. Those are seriously things I read. I found that interesting because, well, I guess people don't realize the power of social media in 2020 and also because it's wild how so many people get pissed that women would make actual money off their own image. The very image, mind you, that these people are choosing to highlight and focus on as they make these brilliant remarks. It's a tale as old as time, only now we get the Instagram version. Like, it's cool that you show your body. I mean, I want to see it. But please do it in a way that doesn't seem like you're trying too hard to show it. And, uh, duh, 
don't make money off of it. I mean, obviously, we can objectify and lust after you, but it's just very demeaning for you when you use that as an advantage to yourself. Have some self-respect, lady. I mean, where else are you going to get respect from us? All we're saying is, please do your best to stay within this very narrow box that we created to determine what a woman should look like. But if you could just act like you're not doing that, that'd be super. Like, thanks a bunch. If I didn't know any better, I'd say we're expected to watch an impossible line. Van Zandt actually touched on a bunch of valid points in that episode. For instance, she also talked about how in her contract negotiations, she heard something like, I can't pay you more than a female champion. To which she replied, okay, but why are you comparing me to just women? All of us should be getting paid more in general, which seems really fucking obvious, doesn't it? Van Zandt's claim to a race has something to do with, yes, her success outside the cage. She did Dancing with the Stars in Sports Illustrated and was coming off a book tour, but also with what she did in the UFC. Her record might not be perfect, but she's still mostly victorious. Injuries have kept her less active than she liked, but she's coming off a first-round submission win over Rachel Ostevich. She brought up the fact that she has five finish wins in the octagon and mentioned the numbers that her fight with Michelle Waterson made. I don't think Vincent is crazy to see and present herself as an asset to the company, especially considering the company itself clearly saw her as an asset. I mean, call me a filthy Marxist with very little faith in the kindness of massive corporations, but I'm pretty sure they weren't going around putting so much of their promotional power into making her a star just because they wanted to make her a lot of money. When it comes to MMA, where we often have a hard time drawing a line between when sports and entertainment begins, we know that it just doesn't take a good athlete to quote-unquote again. I've been using that a lot, but bear with me here. Make it. And considering how society at large works and the types of women that generally... Okay, I'm not going to say quote-unquote again, but you got it. Uh, the types of women that generally make it in the public eye everywhere else, of course, image ends up playing a role. Van Zandt's image was being explored from the very start. She just so happened to be able to capitalize on that exposure and make money for herself and not just for others. How can you be mad at that? And that doesn't take away from how unfair it is that so many other women have a much harder time getting the same opportunities. Or from how awful it is that when they do manage to get some type of notoriety and excel in public jobs, they're so often met with nastiness and vitriol. You'd be amazed at what men will say to a woman who commits the crime of not being attractive to them. That's a complex part, which I think a lot of people have trouble understanding. It is absolutely possible to hate these looks-based dynamics and to want to combat the system and still not blame and shame individual women for capitalizing on the circumstances built around them, around us. It is entirely possible to see that more doors open to women who look like Van Zandt, but that it doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of their own work and their own merit into keeping them open. I can only speak for myself here and not the entire feminist movement. We go a bunch of different ways in many things, but I don't fault women individually for converting their images into profit. Because often those who stand the most to gain from these perceived advantages are not the women. And that's not to mention the more intangible part of it all. 
How often don't people dismiss women who look a certain way and brush them off, discount their voices or their skills on the basis of they just got here because of their looks or, and this is an old classic, on the fact that somebody wants to sleep with them or has slept with them or that actually there were a bunch of people who slept with them because at the end of the day, that's really the most relevant and important thing we have to offer, right? Not to make it about myself, but making it about myself. I speak from experience because I'm a very peculiar case of somebody who's been on both ends of the spectrum. I've been both the woman who wasn't good looking enough to be on camera, but I was still apparently good looking enough to have fucked my way up to places. I'm both unfuckable and a slut. It's a miracle. I'm Schrodinger's MMA media woman. But here's another thing about looks. They fade. They change. They're not reliable or totally under our control. And having our value placed on something as fickle as how pleasant you are to the male gaze, contrary to popular belief, is a precarious position. Faces change, bodies change. Sometimes we get fat, we get stretch marks, we get old. And while these things have a stronger impact in the professional lives of others, like those in Hollywood or walking runways, we're all very much told our entire lives that we're not supposed to let these things happen, that we must do everything in our power to stop our bellies from expanding and our chins from drooping and our foreheads from wrinkling up. But of course, we shall not overdo it. Plastic surgery is fine, but you don't want to be one of those women who look like they've had plastic surgery. The same way you don't want to look like you spend too much time on your hair or your outfit or your makeup because you don't want to give the impression that you're ditzy or that you're too interested in calling attention to yourself. You want to look fuckable, but not like you want to be fucked, if you know what I mean. Even if achieving that look involves getting up two hours before your male counterparts, wearing five different layers of expensive product on your face every day, and doing it all with a smile because no one's forcing you to do any of that, right? It's not like the way your face is assembled has a direct correlation to the opportunities you get in life. In fact, let's be real. You are clearly only doing all of that to get men to follow you on Instagram. Can you see our predicament here? So yes, that is why I'm a, a little peeved at the suggestion that we shouldn't be upset that so much of the conversation around female athletes or female anythings really is based on how we look. I am in fact very upset. But then again, that's kind of my thing. Thank you so much for joining me today in an episode that was a lot less MMA than other stuff. But in fairness, I did warn you. I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Maybe you enjoyed it enough to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Maybe rate it if you're feeling extra adventurous. And if you didn't enjoy it, well, how about you give me another chance? Come back next Tuesday. I'll be here, back on my bullshit, talking about MMA and other stuff. 